Happy Tuesday. That's right, Tuesday, not my usual Friday. And that's because I have a special episode for you. In addition to this podcast, I also host a monthly video show called AF Chats, where I interview guests from the app world. AF Chats are about the business of apps and are more geared towards app makers, but last week's interview applies beyond app makers, so I'm sharing it here as well. I hope you'll enjoy this special episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new AF Chat with me, Ariel from App Figures. And today I have Costa who has been dubbed the App Hunter by The Verge. Um, that's just a label that I like. Uh, but Costa has been, has been fighting a good fight and putting out there apps that are doing things that should not be done or doing things that are unexpected by users. We can label them scams, but really it's deteriorating the ecosystem and making users not trust the App Store. And that's really why I wanted to, to talk to Costa today. Um, I've known Costa for a while now. He started talking to do this on Twitter. What, around January, I think it started picking up speed or steam. And we've yeah. been talking ever since. Um, and Costa is really nice and he uh, agreed to join us. So thank you for joining us, Costa. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and so, yes, my name is Costa Elefteriu. I've been a developer on the App Store ever since the beginning days. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, my very first app, iSteam, was a silly little magic trick. And I remember using app figures even back then, 2000 nine or so i want to say um and so more recently i've been working on a, uh, a keyboard app for the apple watch and that's something that i've had a lot of experience in like keyboard technology and so i've invested a lot of time in bringing what i thought was and is a very useful tool for apple watch users something that is lacking um from from what apple is offering uh, as built-in options and so um it was maybe three years ago that I, I started working on this and eventually launched it. And um, beyond a few other things that, that happened and were roadblocks, what happened was as soon as I launched, I noticed that my app became very successful, but at the same time, it attracted a lot of uh, competition, which you know is fine by all means. Uh, it's normal game, I expected. In fact, in fact, I had been planning um, as to how do I make sure that I stay ahead, you know, launch something that's already quite ahead of what people would be able to do quickly, and then um, have even plans to, to further defend myself from the competition. But what happened was, um, and I noticed this almost as a, as a new category was created of keyboard apps for the Apple Watch. I saw uh, developers that literally just put together the most bare bones copy of my app if, if you want, which is, you know, a keyboard that just put some buttons on the screen uh, from their perspective. And then they used even my marketing material, even my own video with my name on it to advertise their app with, with uh, you know, insane subscription uh, charges and kind of tricking people into uh, getting their app. And And I was baffled for a long time. I was like, how are these people so successful when their keyboard doesn't really do anything other than just ha have some buttons on the screen? You know, I worked I worked really hard to make it not just possible, but easy and practical to type on the watch. There's a lot of um, auto-correction algorithms behind the scenes that do a lot of heavy lifting. And I kept being so puzzled. Um, my wife was asking, but we, we basically would not understand what was going on. And the the, the scam apps, would have very good ratings, like stellar ratings, 4.5, 4.8. Um, and that's on top of a lot of problems with the, with the Apple Watch. You know, there's uh, sometimes like people can't install the apps. It's not as reliable as installing an app on the phone. So um, it, was, it was only many months later, almost a year later, that we realized that these people are also manipulating and gaming the App Store ratings and reviews. And I think some people have heard about that being possible. Um, and at least uh, maybe more people have heard about that happening on, on Google Play. Um, but it's actually something that is, I realized that after the fact is, is it's happening a lot. Like the scale to which this is happening on the App Store, um, it, would, it would blow most people's minds if they realized just how much of that is happening. And it hurts both users and developers, right? Um, and so, I tried to contact Apple, uh, get in touch with their legal team, and uh, you know, submit whatever forms I had to to go through to um, bring this to their attention in the hopes that they would do something. Um, 
And their response was just even more baffling. They were like, basically, you need to sort it out with a developer. We're going to be observing the email thread and just let us know um, what happens. And and the the scammers were even using like my app name, um, trademark and all, and they just made the most minor change, which was not helpful in any way. Uh, everybody ignored our accusations of manipulation for the ratings. Uh, and so Apple was like, okay, we consider this matter resolved now. And I was like, no, this is not resolved. What are you talking about? And so I even emailed them privately to say, you know, I have a lot of other information for other scammers. And this is like a big problem, all this fake rating and fake reviews. And I never got a response. And so it, it occurred to me that maybe this is not an isolated case. Maybe this, this is something that happens too often where a developer or a user might complain and then their complaint doesn't really go far. And so eventually it was, as you pointed out, it was the, in January, it was the very last uh, day of January where I, I took it to Twitter and I just decided to make my story public in the hopes that other people would see there would be more visibility on the issue and maybe something would be done. Um, and, it, and it was, uh, it, 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 something did happen within about, I think a day or so, Apple took down um, some of the uh, competing scam apps. Um, and then I realized that the, the rabbit hole goes even deeper <laughs> because what they, what Apple did, they removed some of these apps, but they didn't seem to really look at their developer accounts where these guys were running even bigger scams um, in addition to the Apple Watch keyboard. And so I, 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 then, I then posted about that. And obviously at that point, those other scams didn't affect me personally anymore. Uh, but I thought it was really odd that they didn't seem to do anything about those other bigger scams. And so I posted about those and then soon enough, they took down their entire developer accounts. And I started getting weird <laughs> messages from the scammers saying, you know, my business is destroyed and I would do anything to, to get it back and all that. And, um, and, and for a little while I felt like, okay, maybe, maybe that's okay right now. Um, I mean, they didn't take down all the scammers that were affecting me, but uh, I was like, okay, let's see what happens from here on. And then people started sending me all these stories. You won't believe Ariel, like the things that I, 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 I've seen and, and heard uh, you know, gut-wrenching stories about people just like me investing so much time and effort in building something and then basically having their business stolen away from them by people that are manipulating the system uh, while Apple doesn't seem to be doing much. Um, and so um, I, don't, I don't know if you had any other specific question. I mean, I could go on and on about the story. <laughs> uh, and, and there's a particular scam that kind of like... Um, uh, led to a lot more events after that. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to, you know, uh, dive deeper in, in whatever aspect you feel like is, is the more interesting one. Oh, I'd, I'd love to hear those stories. I don't know if we have time for a lot of stories, but the ones that are more, um, the ones that, that, you know, bring the point across, definitely. Before we do that, I see there's a lot of chatter in the chat. That's great. If you have any questions or uh, want to contribute or want to, tell us about how this is also happening to you because the ever since I announced that we're going to have Costa on the show, I started getting emails from people saying, oh, I'm also in this position. I'm so excited that I'll get to see someone who's doing this or I'm also trying to sue because of this. Um, it, it's going to be great. So yeah, please share and tell us what's going on. And uh, for the one person who said, is this ASO? The answer is no. This has nothing to do with App Store optimization. This is legitimately just a scam by definition. But um, so yeah, keep putting questions um, into the chat into the questions tab if you can it doesn't really make a big difference I'm gonna monitor both but before we even go into into story so I, I think it's anyone who made an app knows how much effort you need to put in before you have anything and then you shift and it feels so good right and then someone takes that so I I know the feeling um, I know what it feels like but what, when, when it comes to scam, what, what do you, where do you draw the line? Where do you say, oh, this app just does some shady stuff and this app is obviously a scam that's out to just take people's money? Well, how do you do that? So if you think about 
what a scam is. I mean, if you go back to the definition of it, um, it's about uh, something that is using deceptive practices, right, to to get your money. Um, and so this this deceit you see it in in many different ways. It manifests as you know the marketing or the screenshots or the claims or the description. Uh, or it could be dark patterns inside the app, um, trying to manipulate uh, manipulate you into starting a subscription. Um, so that is the thing that have that all scams have in common. Like they're trying to uh, deceive you. The other thing that they all have in common is something that is derived from that, which is that if there's something out there, like a product that keeps trying to deceive people, then eventually people are going to complain about it. And as a matter of fact, they're going to complain specifically about the fact that it, it, they're being deceived, right? They're going to be calling it a scam. Um, and so um, I, I think there's, there's so many egregious cases uh, on the App Store uh, for apps that, that are barely usable and charge up to, I've seen like a dog whistle app that I couldn't tell if it was even working, uh, and it would charge $520 a year. Uh, and, and, and that even using some stolen content uh, from someone else in order to justify an ongoing subscription. I mean, wh why would you need a subscription for a dog whistle app? Um, <laughs> and so scams come in many, many different flavors, uh, and, and some are, are, are done better, if you want, than others, where <laughs> you don't realize it's a scam until it's too late or like much later than that. Um, like it, it could be a scam that's obvious to a lot of people or it could be something that looks really highly polished where scammers actually put a lot of effort into making everything look as nice as possible until the point where they get your money. Like the experience after that is, is often, if not always like, uh, leaves a lot to be desired uh, if it works at all. Um, I mean, in my case, the, the, the keyboard scams on the watch you couldn't even type on them to save your life. Um, and so it's also ironic because my app um, as a completely separate issue was getting rejected on, on initially on not being easy to use while a lot of other keyboards were out there like where they were not usable at all. Um, but yeah, for me, like the, the really important fact is, and if you go to the definition, this is like the, the dishonesty and the um, how they're designed to deceive people. And then these breadcrumbs that are left by people who complain about it. And eventually, you know, it's only a matter of time before uh, all this evidence becomes apparent uh, at the minimum in terms of reviews on the App Store. And that's where the key is. So you have, you've looked at enough data and enough apps to kind of have an idea of what does a scam look like in terms of numbers more so than anything else. So reviews versus ratings is something that you look at a lot. And I see in, in most of your tweets, there's a screenshot of an app that maybe we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, but something that you have where you can say easily, based on the data, it kind of feels like it's something is iffy. And, and it's hard to say, we, we talked about this before, how it's hard to say, yes, this is a scam, absolutely. Because I don't think that's that takes a lot of work. To figure out, but even based on the numbers, you have an an, an idea, right? Yes, definitely. And and um, I, I'd say what what initiated this. So I, I built my own uh, tool. Like as I started looking at scams, um, and you might wonder, you know, why why did I start looking at scams after Apple took down at least some of the scammers that were competing with me? Um, what happened? And what what initiated uh, everything else was. I got a, a tip from a person um, that told me about this app called Stargazer. So Stargazer is, is a scam, I think, that's going to live in infamy um, <laughs> because it, it was so widely featured and it was the worst uh, scam um, that I had ever seen at that point. And, and one of the biggest tells there was a discrepancy between, as you pointed out, ratings and reviews. So this app had like 4.5 or 4.7 ratings, you know, ratings that that developers just sweat and, and pour in sweat and, and blood to, to get. Um, and the reviews were something like 1.5 stars. So if you were to only consider the reviews, the average rating of a review was, was barely a little bit over what would be the minimum, the one star, because you cannot give zero stars. 
and so that indicated to me that these scammers are essentially buying their ratings, which um, you know they can buy ratings and reviews. And Apple tries to do to police that and, and take some of that down, um, but it seems like they're not doing a good enough job, nowhere near it. And what these scammers were doing in particular, I would call them quite lazy because they were just maybe cheap and lazy because they were only buying their ratings, but they were not bothering with buying reviews, fake positive reviews. And so the ratings were stellar, but the reviews were like the worst. Basically, you would open up this 4.5 star app and every review would be a one star complaining about it being a scam, pretty much. Um, and so at that point, like with that kind of discrepancy, uh, it became obvious to me that, that, that they're manipulating the system. And then I looked a little deeper, I looked at their other apps, uh, I looked at other apps that they had that were actually taken down previously, uh, you know, and all these signs where you, when you put everything together, it just becomes obvious. And that scam maybe um, would live in infamy, as I said, because I posted about it and then so much of the tech press covered it. And what was insane to me was that it took Apple two months to take that one down. And even then, I'm not sure like what the internal deliberations and decisions were, but um, to me, it was one of the clearest scams. Uh, and even with all the visibility that they got, they didn't seem to, to really act or act swiftly enough. And even worse, they missed another developer account operated by the same people, uh, which was doing um, even bigger scams. And, and I wanna remind people here that when, when I talk about big scams, these are not just like some small apps on the side somewhere that you know nobody really is downloading. It's, these are million dollar top grossing apps. Sometimes they've stayed top grossing for months or years. Um, and so it's, it's you know, heartbreaking to know that there's all these developers, legitimate developers that are trying their best, trying their hardest. Um, and then Apple basically allows all this stuff to happen. That is, uh, that's the one point, if I remember in the beginning of this journey on Twitter, the one point people are really up against, they're like, oh, it's impossible that they made so much money. Even big names, really big Twitter accounts well, uh, went against this. And the, the reason I, want, I, I had to make sure that's true is because all of that is using our estimates data. So if that's wrong, that means we're wrong and we're not wrong. Um, and it took us, we actually spent a lot of time, our data science team, just to back up all the data that you've been putting on Twitter to make sure that it's right and that we're not putting anything wrong out there quietly. We didn't tell anyone, but just in case anyone asks. <laughs> so um, so I'm, I'm, yes. I'm confident that these are, like you were saying, top grossing, and you can see that in the ranks, you can see it in their performance. And then the thing I love most about looking at this data is things are great. And then one day they just kind of die. And that one day is either when, uh, when you tell Apple about them through the, the Twitter vine or when Apple eventually realizes if that, it, has that happened? Have you seen cases in which a scam just disappeared all on its own? Um, I don't think so. I mean, sometimes it's also not, uh, you know, you, you cannot know for sure what happened when an app disappears, uh, yeah. you know, to what extent it's Apple taking down or the developers taking down. But, um, you know, generally I can't imagine developers that have an app that's making a ton of money out there every day just decided to pull it down themselves. Yeah. Um, as if and as if somehow they can hide from they can hide their history from Apple. Uh, and so, um, no, I, it, it seems to be that you know Apple is the one that needs to be policing the store, needs to be responding to complaints. Um, and, and and what is baffling in all this is that we don't have as users and as developers, we don't have an easy and obvious way that works in terms of reporting these things to Apple. Because I, I don't know if you remember, but it was, I think a few years back, maybe 2016 with iOS seven or eight, one of the big redesigns, um, Apple used to have a reported problem button inside the page of every app on the App Store. So if you, you, know, you notice something iffy or without even having to download the app, um, you could report this to Apple. And I'm sure that you know, there was some abuse by that. You can imagine how that system, you know, it, it's not gonna be foolproof, but uh, they actually removed that button with, with that redesign, they, they removed it entirely. And so now you have to go to reportaproblem.apple.com or contact their support. And you know, this is a very awkward way of, of 
trying to report everything where normally you just have the context right there. You know the app, you, the most natural place to, to, to report it from would be its own page. Um, and it seems that Apple, for whatever reason, decided to just throw away that signal altogether. And again, there could be some noise in that signal, but it, it strikes me as one of the most valuable signals that um, uh, you could use. I mean, the, the most valuable information would be inside that signal. Like all the legitimate reports would be part of that system. Uh, and they just basically decided to ignore it. And then they seem to also ignore the reviews, which which are complaints. Like people that don't know how to report something to Apple, what are they going to do? They're going to go and write a review. And I've seen so many of these where they're saying, you know, Apple, please, that this you have to remove this from the App Store. Like these, these are scammers. Um, and that was like a year or two ago. Uh, and the app is still there, and it's just it's just mind-boggling. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful to App Figures, of course, for the data because this is not something I could have done myself. It's uh, it'll be practically impossible to just you know gather all this this data. So it's immensely useful, and I'm very thankful to you, Ariel, for providing all the data. Oh, I'm I'm glad we can help in this. I think it's it's one of those things that's extremely important, and I think you touched on all the points why this is a problem. So. I, as a developer, know that if, one, I have competition that is not even real competition, it's a company that's not set out to build a better product, they're not set out to help my kind of users, they're not set out to do anything good in this sense other than make their pockets bigger, um, that's a problem for me, especially if I can't go to anyone, any single authority and say, hey, can you help me? I want to focus on making apps. I don't want to focus on uh, legal battles. I don't want to focus on trying to figure out how to sue a company that's not even in the same country as me. So the laws are very different. So even if I do know the laws in my country, I don't know the laws over there. And that's I think that's asking a lot. And it's asking the smaller developers to invest probably more money than they can into legal battles. And it's just not going to happen. Um, I see a lot of the comments in the chat. And in a way, it feels like Apple just forgot about that quality aspect. And I think that's what you talk about a lot of the time. Apple is saying, hey, we are here for you. We are protecting you. And throughout the court case with Epic over the last few weeks, a lot of the conversation was around, we can't allow things to happen without our control because people will take advantage of them. Um, and they do. And Apple does an amazing job. I'm not going to lie. And I love Apple for what they do. I think it, the App Store is a great is a great platform for developers, big and small, um, but it's it's one of those things that is just such a big challenge. And uh, there are a lot of questions about how Apple can do this, um, but I think the question of should they do this is not a, a is not a, it's a clear one. You know, it's yeah, they should they should definitely do more with this. So I think the the question here is how can they do more with this, and why are they not? Um, but everything you bring up is uh, is right on the money. I, I hope someone from Apple is listening. If someone from Apple is listening, please raise your hand quietly, <laughs> so Apple doesn't know. Yeah, I mean, I could, I couldn't agree more. And I think another dynamic for why they're not doing more is it goes back to you know the whole reasons for the trial, uh, the Epic trial. Uh, and by the way, I should disclose here uh, that I have also filed a lawsuit against Apple, uh, in part complaining about uh, the proliferation of, of scam apps. Um, and so. Going back to it, it seems that, um, you know, when you think about competition, that there's some arguments about whether they have competition or not. But the reality is that there is no competing app store on their platform. And so that in itself, uh, given that they have all these users that developers, you know, want to reach, uh, it means that developers have almost no choice. And Apple has limited incentive to fix things because, of course, they want to fix things enough that people feel like comfortable downloading stuff from the app store. But a way around that is to um, also mislead people with their marketing, where they literally claim that the app store is a place that you can trust. Um, and, and they keep talking about how they monitor and police it and how they have uh, these moderators that and reviewers that every day they scan the app store for the top grossing apps and, and, and ensure uh, you know quality and whatnot. Uh, but but I have found so many examples uh, throughout the last few months. I think somebody pointed out, I haven't done the tally, but somebody pointed out that maybe I have exposed over $100 million worth, uh, $100 million worth of scams. And so oh, wow. um, in, in, in top grossing apps that have stayed there for months or years sometimes. And so it just doesn't seem that what they claim matches reality. Um, and so 
users get scammed, they might lose 10, 20, 50 dollars. They might not consider it such a big deal because they might feel like, okay, maybe it was my fault that I got scammed. I shouldn't have gotten scammed. I should have been more careful. Um, but 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 that doesn't put enough pressure on Apple. I mean, you see quarter after quarter, they break records with the profits, the revenues, the downloads on the App Store. Um, and so I think this, uh, this is a thought experiment. If there was an actual competing App Store and you know maybe it helps to imagine like a Google App Store on iOS, <laughs> I think Apple would improve the practices real fast then, both in terms of policing the store for scams, in terms of uh, the commissions, you know, in terms of so many other things. That's a very interesting thought. Uh, there is someone else who's suing Apple for pretty much the same reason. The guy who made Cydia, um, I read an article, he's doing the same thing also for basically making it hard to improve on this by not allowing other stores, hence not allowing any sort of competitiveness competition for them, which is uh, an interesting thought. Um, I guess we'll let the court decide so what's, how that is going to evolve. It's going to be really tough, I think, having having additional stores on the iPhone because what the iPhone represents. Uh, but that's a whole, you know, whole other thing. There, there's actually a conversation that's slowly developing in the chat, stemming from a question about Tinder, that I uh, that Artem brought up. So Artem is saying that Tinder is exhibiting some of the same kind of trends that you mentioned not too long ago regarding popularity of of, of uh, ratings versus reviews, and. Um, and first, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know how to respond to this because you, it's probably not the first time someone asks you why, but um, I just want to go back to the point that I made before. It's very hard to say with 100% certainty this app is a scam based on you know these signals. These signals are a great trigger to for someone to look into it and, and play with the app and download the app and see if it actually does anything that's really shady. But it's hard to just say blanket, no. The ratings here don't match. This is 100%. And I think Tinder is one of those. And um, there were some responses that I saw in the chat as well from Vlad and from others who were saying that um, there is a reason. So people are hating on Tinder and they're leaving these negative reviews because something Tinder did to them um, got banned, I think, in that case. So there are some situations that will definitely mislead the data into maybe seeming like it is. I would say those are rare. I think Tinder is an exception in this case. How do you, how do you see this? Yes. And, and uh, yeah, I would like to uh, elaborate, uh, I guess, on, on what I said earlier with regards to the discrepancy between rating and review. So what I notice is that when when we're considering an app that's like uh, an obvious scam and is like a very low or zero utility app, like a dog whistle app that's like $520 uh, a year, um, that's an app that the vast majority of people, if not almost everyone, uh, will quickly decide whether they're going to be using it or not and whether it's a scam or not. Um, it's not an app that they're going to invest a lot of time and, and effort in. Uh, and so with an app like Tinder, I imagine that it's very possible that, uh, you know, you start off feeling like great about it and then uh, weeks and months later, you have some bad experience, which may or may not relate to the app itself. And so you get very like extremely emotional and having been so invested, like I can totally see uh, you know, a bigger discrepancy justified between ratings and reviews for apps like that. Uh, but for, you know, this stargazing app, like um, you don't like you, you see the reviews and they're like, well, uh, I, I pointed at the sky and it's showing me things that are from a different hemisphere. Uh, like the, it's telling me the sun is up when it's like nighttime. So, um, you know, that's a, that's kind of app that you would immediately like make a judgment call and decide, okay, this is a bad app and I'm going to rate it uh, one star. And so, in a case like that, I wouldn't expect to see a lot or, or almost any positive reviews that would create a discrepancy. Yeah, that I, that explains it. And I, like I said, the, the minute you look at it with your own set of eyes and a human brain and not just looking at ratings, you can tell. Um, if you read the reviews, you see it. If you look at the app and the first thing that it does is ask you to pay, you will see it. And yet there are so many um, analogs of this from the web. The web is full of these things and they're not exactly a scam. So if you've ever had to look at a, at a credit report, for example, um, you know that as soon as you log into one of those websites, the legitimate ones, the experience and the, um, I forgot all their names. The, as soon as you log in, the first thing they say is, oh, pay us. And there's a little button on the bottom that says, I don't want that. I just want to get what I came here for, which is the thing you advertised before. And so on the web, that's kind of allowed because there's no police. 
But then Apple says, don't do that. So I, I think that's where the discrepancy is. And that's, I think, where we get into this little territory of, no, 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 this is not just about uh, negative ratings. This is about an app that's lying to its users. Um, there's also an extension yes, and, from, you know, I... oh, go ahead. There's a little bit of a delay. Uh, it's making it a little awkward. Um, I, I was going to say that, you know, I, I also, I'm not like anti-Apple uh, in a heretic way. I, I, I love what they do with the hardware and, and all of the things. I love my Apple Watch. Um, but I think they are in many ways complicit uh, in all of this because what you're talking about is really dark patterns, right? Patterns that essentially uh, trick you or coerce you using psychological tricks um, to, to do something that perhaps you wouldn't otherwise if, if you had like a more objective uh, portrayal of, 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 of things and of, of the facts in front of you. Um, and one of the things that I find really fascinating is how, uh, with regards to subscriptions, how it's gotten a little better now, but it's still not the case that you can stop your subscription as easily as you can start it, right? You start a subscription in an app, also and true. most people would expect to, to find a, a managed subscription or cancellation function inside the app itself. Um, and yet Apple enforces you, uh, you know, enforces the restore purchases button, but doesn't worry at all about the cancellation or, or manage. And, and there's many other similar things that they do um, that I think in a way almost invite a lot of people, in fact, even people that had started out as legitimate developers to slowly go towards the dark side, right? Um, and, and particularly once once they do, like I've heard, I've heard stories, um, like once once you go and buy some ratings and you see that it works and there's no consequences, why would you not do that again and do more of it? And, and what that does is it makes others around you that are competing in the same space feel like, well, why am I not doing that? Like, maybe I should do that too. And so it becomes a race to all these bad practices, which I think, you know, the culmination of that are the really super egregious scams that I post about and that you see and, and notice. Um, but there's a lot of other things that, that are going on that shouldn't be going on, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I do want to say something in Apple's favor, and that is if you look at what's happening on Google Play, because I look at both stores very often, all the time, um, I, it's not even comparable. So it's not like you can say Apple's not doing it. We do say Apple's not doing enough, but I think our bar is very much higher at this point than anything else that's out there in existence. And I, it's a good point that you brought up before. Not, none of this here, this conversation has nothing to do with us hating on Apple, not at all. I love Apple, I love the App Store. I think it's an amazing opportunity and what it, what it evolved into also provides amazing opportunities. Some people take more advantage of it um, than others. Some need to be educated before they can take advantage, but the possibility is there. It's a land of opportunity in a way, and it is police. That's the kind of the only thing. It's police, but like a little bit more, and it will be so much better. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what we're touching on here, that we, we'd love to see this a little bit more because it's we're so close, um, and, and we can see that happening. Yeah, and so what I felt is like, I, I, I've been thinking about it since I was affected uh, personally, and then I, I heard so many stories of other people affected and realized the scale of this. I was like thinking to myself, you know, what is, is it that I can do um, to make this better, to, to bring awareness, assuming that awareness uh, and, you know, shedding some light on this is what is going to further incentivize Apple to do the right thing. Because I do think that, you know, overall, they want to do the right thing. Um, but, it, you know, it saddens me that it has to come to this uh, rather than them being more proactive and not letting this get to this point. I mean, I've many stories from developers that uh, are like totally fed up with developing for Apple platforms, as well as users who are like um, saying that they don't browse the store to download apps unless they know exactly what app it is that they want. Um, and then they go directly and, and download it. And so, uh, in a way, I've concluded that as far as ratings and reviews are concerned, as a user, you should basically ignore them. Like, they offer no information, uh, unfortunately. Um, the, the only uh, real or the most real part, rather, of reviews, in my opinion, is are the ones that accuse an app of being a scam, essentially, effectively. Because... Those are the ones that when, when there is a scam out there, 
you're going to get those eventually. And so there is a truth to that. But when it's mixed with so much uh, other, um, you know, part, part of the signal is like so much, so fake, then it's really hard to discern. And so uh, that's why, and talking about the app you mentioned earlier, that's why I'm trying to build a tool utilizing and leveraging your data from app figures to show people um, a few metrics and, and, and also specifically the reviews that I, I deem are very important for them to make a more educated decision as to whether they want to download or, or buy an app or not. And also for developers to, in the same way, assess whether the competition could be engaging in, in, in you know, doing tricks that are trying to scam users or not. And, and I think for a, for a more developer-oriented form, this is kind of the point. The point is, if you don't know who you're competing with, you're going to be in trouble because if they're not doing that, great, awesome. If they are doing that, you kind of have to know. Even if you have no immediate recourse, even if going the legal route is um, very difficult or very expensive or really untenable, it's still something you can keep in mind. And then you know what you're up against. So I, I think that's important on both sides. Um, out of curiosity of, of the people here, oh, I should start a poll. Uh, let's just do it in the chat. Um, how many of you are developers versus um, users of apps, apps and games? Let's see. Users, both. Okay, both is good. Yep. I guess dev also means user at this point. Yeah, so I, I think we're more user-focused here. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, we're more dev-focused, I should say. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I see a lot of developers. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, would you use, would you go in and, and check how your competitors are keeping up? If you were given, I mean, technically you can do all that with us right now. The The app makes it a little bit easier, but all the data is there. So you can go in, you can uh, keep track of your competitors and you can see how the ratings stack up. So I saw a mention in the chat about ratings being very, uh, very straight for one of their competitors and then going up to 300 new ratings. That's exactly the kind of stuff I think you want to look for, especially if you know that nothing else big is going on. Yes, and I see a comment about um, the desire to have an easier way to analyze these things. And, and, and this is where I'm coming from, really, with, with the leveraging all this data. Uh, it's amazing that you have all this data, and it can be used in so many ways. And, you know, as you know, um, if you want a particular use case, it's, it's, it's better to try and build the product around that use case and, and essentially not show other things that are not so relevant and bring the things that are primarily geared towards assessing whether an app is scamming users or not and bring those into focus into uh, uh, you know the, the different nuggets of information all in one screen so you can have an overview very quickly and kind of make a judgment as to whether you want to go deeper because uh, you know nothing like that is ever going to replace being able to go and, and slice and dice you know the full data that that app figures provides and I think that's the key here. The key here is that little trigger, that little kind of, should I keep looking into this? Or it doesn't look okay. Um, there was another, Artem is uh, is mentioning, uh, mentioned a few apps also in the chat uh, that has also have this imbalance between ratings and reviews. And uh, Artem mentioned HBO Max. So I just looked it up in the app actually. And I don't think it's actually exhibiting these the exact same trends. It looks pretty, like they have a not so great ratings average and not so great reviews average. And I think any app that charges money for something that you want and is big enough that you feel like complaining would help will probably get it these days. Uh, there was actually an interesting thing with Facebook. They got hit with, I think, 1.8 million negative ratings on Google Play because of politics uh, a few weeks ago. So these things will happen. And again, we need that little trigger. But for most apps that compete with you, unless you're competing with HBO Max, you should be using real competitive intelligence, like the stuff we have in the competitors report. But for the smaller apps and for the apps that you don't know enough about, they're not like um, the kind of brands that you talk about at home, uh, those that's where you the pattern will repeat itself probably over and over. Yes, and we should clarify here also that um, it is expected to have a lower average rating when you consider reviews only, because um, the people that are you know most upset they're going to be more likely to be more vocal, and so they're going to add some text to the rating, so it's going to constitute a review. So reviews are always, or almost always, I should say, are going to be like more negative, somewhat more negative than the average star rating. But it's like the amount of the discrepancy coupled with 
what the negative reviews are actually saying, as well as the patterns over time and whether these are consistent, like, you know, all of those things together, uh, and even more things like, does the developer have a lot of other apps? Uh, what do their other apps look like from the same perspective? Uh, you know, all those things together paint the picture for you uh, and can help you understand this better. Yeah, I think if once you look at it, it makes sense. But so going back to the the impact, we we kind of deconstructed what how you look at a scam and what you consider to be a scam, both on the number side and also on kind of the um the qualitative side. And we even talked about the impact to users, which costs money, but they may not uh, care about it too much. The impact to developers is that it kind of erodes that sort of confidence, right? And also really yes. could position you as a competitor or could could hurt you like it did to you. How, from the data that you've seen, how, how widespread is this? Well, um, that's a great question. And it's something that I've been working towards uh, answering. And so all, all the research I've done and, and you know, my tool is, is more elaborate than the tool that I, I hope to uh, offer to developers uh, at the beginning, at least. Um, I have found hundreds and hundreds of, of scams. And so all indications point to the fact that the fraudulent revenue associated with, with fraudulent apps is going to be measured in the billions, not, not even millions. Um, and so it's, it's quite alarming, the, the actual amount. Someone could say, you know, proportionally, it's not that much because of the overall revenue of the App Store. Um, but then, you know, you look at like credit card fraud and one to 2% or three or whatever it is, like some small percent, but it really adds up. And I think uh, a big part of, of what would be great and, and align incentives for developers and for Apple and for users and make everything better, essentially, is... If Apple, this is an idea, if Apple were to offer a guarantee of sorts where when they do detect a scam app and they take it down, that you would get your money back, even if you didn't ask for it, because they know who downloaded an app, right? And so one of the problems right now, um, it seems that when Apple does find out a scam, they take it down, but they don't refund anyone unless someone asks for it. And you know, refunding also is has been made easier in recent years, but it's still also not nowhere near as easy, I think, as, as it could be, uh, which should roughly be as easy as starting a subscription almost. Um, and so I think Apple being on the hook for scams would align them much better with both developers uh, and users. And so it, the the way that, that the, the scale of the problem manifests today is 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 a little bit sneaky because you don't get to see it as much, right? You you don't always get affected every day by by scam apps, but on occasion here or there, you and a billion other people together, you know that is a lot of scam activity. And um, I think over time it erodes the trust, both from for developers in assuming that Apple is doing a good job policing the store, uh, and as well as users. And I think. You mentioned something very important with with the app and, and giving you kind of like the trigger to eventually go and, and dive deeper and, and see what's going on. Uh, and I would say even before that, what people need to realize is that even though Apple is supposed to be policing the store, the extent to which they do and how good of a job or not they're doing, you know, should be questioned. You shouldn't take it for granted. You you need to start from that thought that you cannot just assume because that's one thing I did at some point once I. I kind of realized that my competitors were doing all these fake ratings. I was like, any day now, any day Apple is going to take them down. There's no way. Like, they keep buying ratings and reviews every day. Like, there's no way. Like, and then nothing was happening. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we do have to be sort of vigilantes if you want and like try to bring justice ourselves in whatever way. Um, and hopefully Apple is going to, you know, notice more and pay more attention and, and do a better job. But we just shouldn't take it for granted that they're going to take care of everything. Um, if, if you could ask Apple, let's say someone from Apple is in the crowd and you can ask them for anything you want that you think would be ideal and would serve this purpose in a way that also is re reasonable and realistic. What do you think Apple can do within its, obviously it, it has a lot of money, but it doesn't have all the money in the universe. So they still have these constraints. What do you do then? Well, for one, I think they need to make it much easier to report apps, basically the way it used to be and the way it is on Google Play, where you can flag an app or even flag a review 
because you can start from the reviews alone. And, and if, you, if enough reviews of an app are flagged, then you can use that as a signal. Um, and so today you can flag a review, but you have to long press, you know, this is not a discoverable gesture at all. So just increase the visibility, which I think they don't, they kind of don't want to do it also because they don't want to be offering a reminder to people that maybe there's fraudulent stuff going on in the app store. But I think they need to just, for the most part, be more, more forthcoming and, and admit that there is a problem um, and that they need everyone's help, essentially like almost crowdsourcing uh, in order to solve it. Uh, and then the other thing that they can do is completely re revamp the way that uh, discovery and, and the ratings and review system uh, works. So I think, I mean, when you look back, the ratings and reviews online, it's a system that was primarily pioneered by Jeff Bezos of Amazon, you know, in, back in the 90s. I, we haven't seen much or almost any innovation in that. Uh, it used to be great to think that you can get all these recommendations online from other people and, and see and make a more informed decision. But when you get to the point that the, the system can be gained so easily, you reach a threshold whereby the system itself, it makes it worse because people have a false sense of security and trust, both from Apple's claims, as well as from the fraudulent reviews and ratings. So they think that the, an app is you know, stellar when it, when it really isn't, it could be further from the truth. And so bringing a more trustworthy system in whatever way they can do, which I think they can do because they have all this data about our accounts, you know, the users, um, when they see an account just created like a day ago and is only used to rate uh, some apps that appear to be fraudulent, you know, just, just, just do something about it. Um, and so a more trustworthy system. And then they have all this other data like app usage um, and, and refund request rates and whatnot that they could expose maybe not exactly as they are but like package them in a nice way where you can tell you can more easily tell a scam app from from you know a good legitimate developer you know really trying hard and, and doing their best so i think it's time for a big app store reset of of sorts um you know i, I even offered the suggestion that perhaps they should reset the, all the ratings and reviews and i know that would be also to the detriment of a lot of honest developers that have worked super hard to get those ratings. But I think if somehow Apple managed to create a, a much more trustworthy rating system, we'll be better off at least discarding, you know, reviews and ratings that are over, I don't know, a year old or something um, and, and start mostly, mostly fresh because there's so much that has happened that has accumulated in terms of the ratings and reviews that, you know, anything short of eliminating those accumulated ratings and reviews uh, is not going to help immediately it's only going to help long term if they fix the ratings from here on you know so uh i think there's a lot of things they can do uh and i don't think it's you know a, a trivial problem uh but i think mainly they need to appreciate the fact that there is a problem uh it is a known problem and it's in everyone's interest to actually do something and invest we look at some emails from the trial that have been um you know coming out to light um and you can see uh, super senior people over there arguing already seven years into the App Store that they need to have a, a team, an engineering team within App Review to develop some tools, like just 10 people or so. And they're practically begging for it and saying it's not right that we, we cannot have our own dedicated engineers. Uh, we have no engineering cycles to you know solve these problems. So it seems that it just hasn't been a priority. So prioritize this more is what I would say to Apple. All of that makes sense. I don't really have anything else to add to this. It's uh, it's interesting because Google changed how they handle ratings. So on the store now, the ratings that you see, the distribution, is no longer the actual uh, number of ratings that were added over time. They devalue ratings over time. So if an app does get it to a point where they buy ratings, they're going to have to continue buying ratings. And we don't exactly know how much time they take to devalue things. It could be a very long period of time. But that's at least a step in towards that, towards the the current situation is fresh-ish. Um, and that's that's interesting. Um, I think any changes that could come to the rating system, to the review system. Um, I remember that in 20, I want to say 2015, I sat on a panel with a bunch of people and we talked at a, at a conference at Alt-WWDC actually. And one of the questions that was presented was, do you think Apple will allow you to reply to reviews? I think it was 2015, maybe 2014. 
and we came up with all these crazy ideas for how Apple can do that, and it can uh, create this sort of like two-way communication system for developers. And eventually, they added the ability to reply to reviews, which you can do now, and you should be using. Um, but it's it's still it's just one thing that can improve it. I think the kind of ideas that you put out there they're very interesting if you can attach them. So a little bit more context to what is this review? Yes, um, and, and for example, you could see reviews, other reviews by the same person, um, which I think maybe you could many years back and they removed that ability, uh, which you know bring, would bring more credibility to the whole system because you will be able to better understand, you know, is this account just going and reviewing only their apps or some fraudulent apps or not? And perhaps there's a privacy issue there, but as, uh, as long as Apple, um, makes it clear that if you submit a review, then you know people are going to be able to see that and other reviews. Uh, I think there are a lot of ways that you can you can leverage, uh, you know, the, the the connections between reviewers and reviews and, and bring more trust to the system. I, I also wanted to point out something else. I, I see in the comments, and it's very important to highlight, which is the current misalignment um, with regards to incentives for Apple to fix these issues because. Uh, you know, it, it, it sounds terrible, and it is. Um, Apple is making money from scam apps and from apps that artificially inflate their ratings. Uh, it, so not only is it like something neutral to them, but it's actually something that is making them money. And if one were to think, you know, a, a, an alternative universe where the ratings were actually super trustworthy and you only had the real true ratings of every app, I bet that the average app rating would drop by a meaningful amount. And so overall, and you know, I'm not saying every app, you know, legitimate developers that have worked super hard to get a 4.7 rating or whatnot, uh, that wouldn't change. Um, but overall, the ratings would be suppressed. And so I do think downloads and therefore revenue would be suppressed as well. And so that's another way where Apple is indirectly incentivized to just let the fraudulent ratings also just keep going because it makes everything appear better than it is, which leads to more downloads and more revenues. Um, I, I agree, but I, I also, I, I think if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, even if it's a billion dollar problem for Apple and they're making, let's say 30%, even though they lower that to 15% in some cases, is that still enough to have conversations like these go on? out there in the wild. So I, I don't know if it's just that or if maybe there are additional problems that from a process standpoint, it can be very difficult to do. From a technical standpoint, it can cause, you can look at, if you read Hacker News, you'll see how many people are furious where Google decides that they're doing something shady on Google Play and bans their account without any human in the middle interacting. And that's Google's way of just saying, we're gonna keep our store clean. It, that doesn't happen and a lot of people are unhappy. So it's kind of a lose-lose. And I don't think Apple wants that. So maybe the investment is, it's not a matter of we're making money. So yes, we're going we're gonna to keep that, those coins, but it's more about I, we just need to build a way that works and it's not as straightforward. Yes, yes, of course. I, I want to elaborate a little bit on that because what I'm saying is that effectively they are, you can see how they could be disincentivized in that when you have a team in there and you know they're they're talking about meeting their targets and the the, the metrics that they're looking for uh, and you look at revenues you, you can imagine that there would be scenarios where somebody might think you know I'm going to bring in this change and propose it and then this is going to reduce my team's revenue and so maybe I'm not going to get a promotion that <laughs> way uh, maybe I'm going to get a promotion if I focus more on other things that you know the top line metrics uh, would be influenced uh, more directly in the in the in the direction that that they that they want to be influenced. And so, um, I think it's not as clear cut. And I think uh, it it ultimately stems from what is it that you're trying to improve. And so, if you cannot measure it, as the saying goes, then you can't improve it. And clearly, if we can see that Apple is doing a not so great job at policing the fake reviews and fake ratings and scam apps, it must mean that the way they measure them, them th th themselves is not very accurate. And so if you don't have an accurate way to measure it, you don't have an accurate way to know if you're doing better or, or not. So I think there are a lot of components that kind of feed into this situation, including the lack of competition, that just let them prioritize other things and just keep pushing the task of kind of cleaning up the, the system and the app store and the scams and the ratings 
um, for yet another quarter and yet another quarter and yet another quarter. And conversations like these, um, uh, you know, like this one now and maybe some others more recently, I think it, it, it's more of a recent phenomenon. It's not that scams have not been exposed before, um, but I think there's much more of that now. And hopefully that's going to feed back to their priorities and, and then readjusting them at least somewhat. Yeah, that's a valid point. I think the more the App Store grows, the the more growth we see in the App Store, the more money there is in the App Store, the more downloads there are, so the more opportunities. And when you have a lot of opportunities, you have a lot of people who want to take advantage in any way that they can. So hopefully we'll see Apple act more on this. I mean, they are taking down the apps that you're putting out there. Maybe not as fast as we would like, maybe not as, uh, as fast as we would like, but there is something that's happening. And so that's... Um, that's pretty useful. That it's a good sign, a positive sign, in my opinion. I think so. I mean, I hope something good is going to come out of it. Um, and yes, I, I can say that more recently they, they seem to be taking app, apps down even faster than before. So it used to be like a day or two. Now, sometimes I say within five hours or so, an app uh, <laughs> is taken down. So uh, it gives me hope that they're paying more attention and hopefully they're taking this more seriously and, and they're going to do something about it. And who knows? Maybe we're going to see something uh, next week with regards to that. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to ask. We're just going to wait until next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really hope we'll see more around privacy in general. I've been talking about privacy labels and how those can be improved for a long time. I would love to see more around this. And uh, we actually are going to do another AF chat, not next week, but the week after next week. And I'm going to invite Joe, who has been my WWDC guy uh, for the last, I think, five years running. And we're going to do a recap of WWDC. So hopefully we'll we'll have to talk about privacy and we'll have to talk about these sort of things, scams and um, the kind of stuff that isn't just technical, the kind of stuff that impacts your business, but isn't necessarily directly uh, affecting your business in that way or that you directly have to interact with. And I think on that happy note, we are out of time. Yep, I think we're out of time. Um, is there anything you want to close with, Casa? Well, um, I guess I'd like to, again, remind everyone that um, I don't have some broad anti-Apple stance. Uh, I think they're doing a lot of great things. Uh, and I think they can do a lot more great things, and they will. Um, just hopefully uh, they're going to have pay more attention to these issues that uh, developers have been complaining about. Um, and really not just, you know, appear to be thinking about developers this one week of the year, but instead really have people within Apple that are advocating um, and really pushing for, uh, you know, for things that are to the benefit of developers, because that really helps everyone in the long term, it helps the users and, and everyone else. So I'm an optimist uh, at heart, and I always hope for the best, even if I may be planning for the worst. So um you know we'll see what happens that all sounds good especially the optimist part um if people want to get in touch with you <laughs> how can they find you on on twitter right is that your main main channel of communication these days yes so um k Eleftherio is my twitter handle but uh most people will have a lot of trouble uh spelling that so you can also get to that very easily if you just go to appstorescams.com uh, which is a redirect to my uh, Twitter uh, account for now. Um, Perfect. And yeah, pretty much uh, everything I'm working on right now, this is where I post it on Twitter. So follow me for updates, more scams, as well as um, more news around the tool and the app uh, that I'm, I'm building. Very good. We didn't get to talk about the app that much, but I have a feeling there will be more on Twitter about it in the weeks to come. So you should definitely follow for sure, Costa for, for this. Sure. Uh, Alrighty. Well, thank you for joining us, Casa. This was awesome. I, I can't believe the time just ran thank out. I had all these me. questions in my head, I know. which we're not going to get to. <laughs> but, <Me too. laughs> and, and hopefully we managed to answer as many questions as we could in the crowd. I know we didn't get to some of the questions, but hopefully we covered enough um, to get people on the right in the right direction. Otherwise, you know what? We'll just do another one. Yep, we'll have to do maybe a post WWDC follow up. We'll, we'll see what Apple does yeah. and if there is anything that we can continue to dig into. So, yeah, again, thank you. And thank you guys for joining uh, wherever you are. If you had to stay up late, I'm really thankful that you stayed up late for this and hopefully it was worth it. And we'll be doing this again. I'll be on this video again in two weeks and we will continue. 
Alrighty. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, Costa, and everyone else, wherever you are. And Thank we'll you. see you, you next time. Well. Bye.